episode 16 of The Wild Show with Equity Kings. Welcome to The Wild Show with Equity Kings. My name is Dumisha Ramadisa and today we're going to be talking about the Fed's taper program. So what is a taper? A taper when the Fed is tapering their asset purchases or any central bank for that matter is when they are reducing the rate at which they're purchasing those assets, right? Be it government bonds, be it um, mortgage-backed securities or agency-backed securities or whatever the hell they're buying or purchasing, they're just doing it at a reduced rate. So I'll give you an example, right? Let's say I am putting my, my feet on the accelerator and I'm running the accelerator at 100 kilometers per hour, right? So I'm driving 100 kilometers per hour. I'm, di- I'm just zooming through traffic. And then I decide to slow down. So now I will now let go of my, of, of, of my foot of the accelerator. And now I'll be driving, let's say, 50 kilometers per hour. For those Americans, it's miles per hour. So it's the same thing. So... When I'm now moving at 50 miles per hour, I've removed my leg, not fully removed my leg, though my leg is still on the accelerator. I'm still pumping that accelerator, just that I let go of it a little bit, right? I've tapered the acceleration (laughs) or the accelerator. So that's basically what a taper is. Sorry for wasting your time with that. I think everyone understands what a taper is right now. Just a brief example of what a taper is. I am constantly listening to music every single day, 24-7, and the one place that I trust the most is Apple Music. The benefits of using Apple Music is that you can listen to over 75 million songs ad-free with zero commercials, plus get unlimited downloads to your library and listen anywhere without Wi-Fi or using data. There's no commitment and you can cancel anytime. They have a three-month special for free, so you can listen to Apple Music for three full months for free, and then you can choose whether to pay or not, and it's extremely affordable. So click the link in the description to sign up and enjoy listening to quality music for free. So what are you waiting for? So the Fed is tapering its asset purchases. They're buying treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, right? So why is this interesting, right? The whole, the whole community, the whole FinTwit community, every single person in the, in the world of finance has been going on saying, Oh, the Fed is tapering. This is bad. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is so good. Wow. And everyone is just giving the Fed praises. And some people are telling the Fed how bad this is. Some people are telling the Fed how great this is, right? And I don't understand why people are so focused on the Fed. I mean, everything is the Fed. The world revolves around the Fed. The monetary world, the economical world, everything revolves around the Fed for some reason. And I'll explain why this is this is this is bad thinking or this is unproductive thinking. Because when you look at the taper, what the Fed is basically doing is they're reducing their asset purchases, right? So let's say the Fed is buying 10 billion worth of 10-year treasuries, right? Because treasuries have their own maturities. These are government bonds for those who don't know, right? They have a price and a yield. So I won't explain that. You guys can look at you guys can look into our old episodes. I go into length explaining what government bonds are. So the Fed is reducing their asset purchases. So Usually what would happen is if the Fed is reducing their asset purchases, the, the, the yield on the 10-year or the 30-year, but we're talking about the 10-year here, um, the yield on the 10-year would actually be going up, 
right? Because if the price is going down because the Fed, there's less demand, right? The Fed is buying treasuries at a reduced rate. So it, it makes sense that demand would be going down or there's still demand, but it's demand to a lesser degree. So at best, you would expect yields to go up, not down, right? Because the price is going down and the price has an, inv- has an inverse relationship with the yield. So we should be expecting the yield to be going up, not down. And what has happened recently, ever since the Fed started its taper, yields have been going down. I mean, um, right now, as we're talking, the 10-year yield is below 1.4% for the second time in 2021, right? Yields are down is 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 below 1.4 which is which is very significant if you ask me so why are yields low despite the fed um tapering its asset purchases because usually when it tapers you'd expect yields to go up not down right and this just goes to show you that the fed actually has no control over yields and i've been talking about this for a long time on my twitter you you guys can check out my twitter i i talk about this recently i just i just made a post about jap the japanese central bank bank of japan right bank of japan started qe i don't know when they started qe right they were the first central bank to start qe in the 21st century so Bank of Japan is running quantitative easing, quantitative easing like crazy. I mean, Japan is is the poster boy of quantitative easing. They quantitative easing in Japan is crazy. If you, if you look at it um, according to as a percentage of GDP, so look at Bank of Japan's asset purchases and also pull a chart of Japanese government bond yields, JGB yields. So if you look at JGBs, if you look at the ten-year JGB. I mean, yields have been on a 30-year downtrend. Yields have been on a 30-year downtrend. In other words, interest rates have been on a 30-year downtrend, yet somehow we're supposed to believe that the Bank of Japan is fixing interest rates, is fixing yields because of quantitative easing. Because this is a story we always been told. Quantitative easing is constantly reducing yields. It's constantly suppressing real yields. Therefore, it kind of makes sense when the Fed buys then yields go down. And when the Fed sells or when the Fed stops buying at all, yields should be going up because the market should be pricing in this massive inflation that we're seeing in 2021. But if you look at the chart of Japanese government bond yields, particularly the 10-year yield, which is a reflection of growth and inflation. So if you look at the 10-year yield in Japan, yields have been on a 30-year downtrend. And then suddenly, Bank of Japan ramps up QE around 2012 if i'm not mistaken 2012 they ramp up the quantitative easing um efforts and yields continue falling and so as yields continue falling people are aha this means that the bank of japan is manipulating interest rates right okay this kind of makes sense when you think about oh yes because on the textbook in the history textbook i mean in the economic textbook it tells you that when the federal reserve or when any central bank does one two three um xyz happens you see so it's just a matter of theory and reality and theory and reality don't always mix because if you look at the bank of japan's balance sheet right their asset purchases in 2020 right when there was covid and everything bank of japan what did bank of japan do bank of japan ramped up their asset purchases and what happened to jgb yields jgb yields gradually rose they did not fall they went up slightly though but they didn't fall they went up right and it's it's not a significant increase in in yields but 
it went up, it didn't go down. Despite the Bank of Japan buying up, I don't know how much, um, how, how large the quantitative easing is. So this goes to show you that they don't have control over interest rates because interest rates um, move opposite or yields move opposite what the um, Bank of Japan says or what the Bank of Japan does. So when you think about that, and, and I'm not saying it's causation, I'm not trying to imply any causation or anything. I'm just telling it as it is. And if you look at the US, if you look at 10-year yields in the United States, if you look at it, um, 2009, the Federal Reserve started the quantitative easing purchases. What happened to yields when the Fed started QE in 2009, early 2009? What happened to yields? Yields went up. You can literally look at a chart of the 10-year yield and just plot the times when the Fed started quantitative easing. And you won't see any inverse or you won't see any relationship there in fact you you'll probably see an inverse relationship because when or you'll see uh not an inverse relationship you'll see an actual a positive relationship between the feds buying the feds purchase um with yields if you look at it carefully if you're actually serious about about the evidence and so you look at quantitative easing. in fact you look at the taper QE1 taper, what happened to yields? Yields went down. They didn't go up. The whole mainstream CNBC saying, okay, yields are going to go up. People like Peter Schiff, all these inflationists are saying, wow, when the Fed stops buying, which they, uh, I don't think they will, but they're saying when the Fed stops buying, yields are going to go way up and inflation is, um, yields are going to catch up with the inflation, right? Or with the CPI. I don't like using the word inflation because we have to distinguish what's real inflation and what's not real inflation and i'll get to that in a moment but i don't want to make this episode long so um going on yields actually went down when the fed started tapering and as it, it continued going down when the fed stopped quantitative easing one and then they went on to do quantitative easing two what happened to yields yields slightly went up not down right and then they started tapering yields went down you see and then the one that's very, very interesting is QE3, quantitative easing 3, which was, I'm not sure when, 2015, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to get the dates wrong, um, but you can go do your own research. Quantitative easing 3, yields went up, not down. And then when the Fed started its taper, yields crashed. And I'm not just making this up and I'm not just trying to be... Um, I'm not just trying to be extra here or trying to overemphasize on this. Yields actually crashed. I mean, yields went out of bed when the Fed tapered QE3. Why? I don't know. This goes to show you that the market is the one that prices yields or is the one that prices the bond market. The bond market is influenced by market um, market participants, not the Federal Reserve. I mean, yes, the Fed owns how many how many treasuries, uh, percentage of treasuries. I think I heard that the Fed owns about 50% of all U.S. treasuries if i'm not mistaken okay fine the fed owns over 50 percent of u.s treasuries so it must make sense that they're definitely fixing interest rates but they're not because if you look at a chart it doesn't even take 20 seconds for you to look at a chart of of yields and compare that with the fed's asset purchases to see that there's actually no connection between quantitative easing and yields. In fact, some would argue that there's a positive relationship between the Fed's asset purchases and, and yields. So 2020, 2020 is a great example when everything was locked down. What happened to yields? In fact, let me tell you something. 2019 or late 2018, yields started falling. The 10-year yield started falling. 
late 2018 going into 2019 and 2020 before march 2020 when the covid virus happened or whatever the hell that is um the cerveza sickness i don't want youtube to ban me so i'll say the cerveza sickness when the cerveza sickness happened in march let's call it march 2020 when the 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 government locked everyone in their homes or in their cages right what happened to yields before march 2020 yields were actually falling in anticipation of the coronavirus or the cerveza sickness although we we don't want to take it literally as jeff snyder always says you don't want to take these market market um indicators literally but that's exactly what it's implying right so yields went down and then when the fed bailed out everyone said the fed printed so much money and the fed was manip i mean people like peter Schiff were coming out and saying oh the fed is now getting into quantitative easing and they manipulating interest rates what happened to yields after starting from april when the fed started its quantitative easing purchases what happened to yields on the 10-year yields went up and they continued going up until march 2021 right and in march 2021 suddenly yields go down at the same time reverse repo started spiking up and we have an entire episode about reverse repo if you don't know what a reverse repo is um you can just look at one of our old episodes i think not so old maybe a few months ago but if you don't know what reverse repo is um so going back to my point you can look at it much reverse repo goes up start spiking up and yields on the 10 year start going down and so as yields on the 10 year started falling right everyone was like oh it's falling because of quantitative easing right because the fed is still purchasing the the amount of the amount of treasuries that it is purchasing at the moment and therefore because of the fed's asset purchases yields are now falling in march 2021 until i don't know when june or july right but that doesn't make sense if yields are suddenly falling because the Fed is still continuing asset purchases, why were they rising while the Fed started asset, its asset purchases? While the Fed started QE, we'll call it QE4. When the Fed started QE4, why were yields going up, not down? And then suddenly in March 2021, yields start falling. And it oh, yes, it's because the Fed is is is, is buying bonds right it's because the fed is buying the 10-year and therefore yields are falling because of that that doesn't make sense i mean that's lazy analysis as jeff snyder likes to say on on eric townsend's interview which i think you guys should listen to he basically talks about the bond market and it's it's how predictable it is of inflation and so i'm going to get to the point right now and so the taper right people are saying oh the fed is going to taper and therefore after they taper they're going to raise interest rates and somehow whatever the fed does is going to impact the markets no it doesn't the only thing it impacts is psychology that's all it impacts whereas the real economy the fed doesn't really have control over it because people like peter Schiff and all these inflationists will say the fed printed money and and we you can you can literally listen to um ryan miller's interview i i recently interviewed ryan miller i think it was last month i interviewed ryan miller it's not recent sorry but last month i i interviewed ryan miller and he spoke about why inflation is transitory because the fed isn't printing money etc you can go read his articles there's tons of articles where he explains this this phenomenon so 
Looking back at, at what the bond market is telling us, the bond market is telling us with consistently low interest rates, consistently low yields, it is telling you that there is low growth and there is low inflation ahead, right? And people say, oh, but Dumisha, look at the CPI. The CPI is at 8 point or 6.8% right now, is, if I'm not mistaken. The CPI is almost at 7%. We are poised to have a 7% CPI by the end of the year, right? This is December. We'll just wait for the next CPI numbers. But it's definitely going to go above 7%. And so, therefore, 7% increases in price year over year. I mean, yo, to me, you can't just look at that and say that's not inflation. Are you blind because you don't see that that's inflation? But it, it's not inflation in the sense that inflation is a monetary phenomenon. This goes back to Milton Friedman. Inf real inflation, which is a substantial increase in prices right a substantial rise in consumer prices over a prolonged period of time that is the real definition of inflation and the only way to get a sustained increase in price over a long period of time over a prolonged period of time is if there is money right is if there's an expansion of money relative to goods and services right that's the only way you get inflation. It's a historical truth. Look at countries where there's been inflation in the sense that it's been going up for more than like five years. That, that's what I would call proper inflation. It's been going up for quite a significant amount of years at an extremely high rate, like minimum 5%, maximum over 10%, right? So that is real inflation. And the only time or the last time we actually had real inflation, not just in the US, in South Africa as well, was the 1970s, right? Although South Africa, our real, our inflation, the great inflation in South Africa ended in 1986. I think that's where it topped. The consumer price index topped in 1986. So just a little bit of a lag between South Africa and the US. But around the world, we had the great inflation, not just in the US, but around the world goes to show you that the global economy is connected it is interconnected right and we are all participating in this euro dollar system so that's a that's a complete that's a separate topic which i won't discuss right now but look at inflation look at what real inflation is 1970s that is real inflation that is the last time we actually had real inflation and what has bond yields done since the 1970s or after the 1970s great inflation Bonds, yields have been falling, not rising, right? Yields have been on a 40-year downtrend. 40-year downtrend. And I think it's going to... I think yields at some point is going to go negative. Maybe next year. I don't know. But at some point, it has to go negative. Because it's been on this 40-year downtrend. And it, it seems to have those short-term... Um, up moves in yields people say oh yes inflation the, the the bond market is telling us oh there is inflation but the bond market says no there's no inflation yields are still low therefore there's no inflation there's no real money behind it right and people might say oh the fed is printing money but is the bond market saying the fed is printing money is the bond market saying this inflation will be sustained and the bond market is saying no the fed is tapering its asset purchases so if the fed is printing money when they are tapering right they are printing less they're still printing but they're printing less so therefore if they are printing less or if they're buying at a reduced rate shouldn't yields go up shouldn't yields be rising you see because think of it as supply and demand right bonds 
bonds, there's less demand for bonds, or the demand is still there, but at a reduced rate, which means that yields should be going up, yet it's going down, because it's going down because the market is pricing in deflationary potential, low growth, low inflation, that is what the market is pricing in, and it, it, you can just look at the bond market as over 90% accuracy, 90% historically, 90% or I would even argue 100% accuracy, but let's not use, I don't think anything is 100% accurate, but it has an over 90% accurate accuracy in terms of predicting inflation, what is real inflation and what is not real inflation, and also predicting deflation. I mean, the bond market, interest rates were low in the 1930s. We had outright deflation in the 1930s. And what were yields doing? Yields were low. Despite people saying, this goes back to the interest rate fallacy, which I'll explain in a separate episode. But it's it's important for you to see these market indicators. You don't have to look at the, the yield curve. If some people say, okay, maybe I haven't convinced some people that the, that the bond market is not rigged because people still think the Fed is rigging the bond market. Oh, they're attempting to rig the bond market, but they're not rigging the bond market. The bond market moves independent of the Fed. If the Fed was, if the bond market was rigged and the Fed was somehow fixing interest rates, then yields should be rising right now as we're talking about the taper. So this proves that the Fed is not fixing interest rates. They attempt to, but they can't because again, central banks are not central. (laughs) And hold on to that thought. I will explain that thought later on. Okay, not in this episode, but maybe in a future episode. But you don't if you if you still believe that the fed is fixing interest rates there's a lot of there's a lot of indicators there's a lot of indicators that can actually confirm what the bond market is saying look at euro dollar futures if you look at the euro dollar futures curve which is basically a derivatives contract which is tied to three month libor which is basically the three month libor is 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 moves the same direction as fed funds rate right so it's tied to three months libor this is the interest rate that global dealers pay right or it's not the interest rate that they pay but the interest rate that they use um to to determine what interest they'll be they'll be issuing or what interest they'll be charging to borrowers right so that's what three-month LIBOR is it's basically interest rates in the global economy right so three months LIBOR these euro dollar futures contracts are tied to three months LIBOR which means that um so let's let's think about how the euro dollar futures curve works right there's a short end of the euro dollar futures curve and there's a long end with with the, um the contracts ending in 20 up to 2030 if i'm not mistaken right and then there's contracts that are like short term right now 2022 and so forth and so on so let's think about what the euro dollar futures curve is telling us right so how this works is the price of 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 each contract is determined like this it has a benchmark price of 100, right? The index price is 100 minus LIBOR, right? So if LIBOR is, let's say, 2, 2%, if the interest rate on LIBOR, three-month LIBOR to be specific, is 2%, then the Eurodollar futures um, price for that specific um, contract will be 98, right? And so let's think about it like this. If low interest rates mean low growth and low inflation, what happens to euro dollar futures? What happens to the price of the euro dollar futures, right? The price goes up, right? The price goes up because if if the price goes from 98 to 99, that means the interest rate went down from 2% to 1%. Therefore, the market is pricing in low growth and inflation. 
right so if you can look you can look at all contracts you can look at the the most recent contracts i mean you can even go back to 2000 and look at those contracts um which occurred in in 2000 and look at the price of euro dollar futures they've been going up ever since they've been going up non-stop i mean they've had these short-term um these short-term sell-offs right but usually it's 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 going up right the euro dollar futures price i'm not talking about the curve i'm talking about the price right and so what is the curve right the curve is basically it's just like the yield curve right you have the short end of the yield curve and you have the long end of the yield curve so a steepening euro dollar futures curve should tell you that things are actually going good in the in the global economy and that's the same thing as a as a treasury yield curve if the treasury yield curve is steep it should be a good sign it sh- this is something you should actually want right a steep yield curve should tell you that things are going good but if you look at the euro dollar futures curve into the 2024 contracts and 2025 contracts the yield curve is inverting which means that the long end is below the the interest rate on the long end is below what is on the short end so the short end is mani- is is not manipulated right the short end is just a representation of fed policy uh, monetary policy and the long end it usually does not have any influence is not influenced by monetary policy but it's influenced by growth and inflation what's actually going on in the system in real time so what you see is if the yield is if the curve is inverting that should tell you that something is wrong in the system it's a warning sign because remember late 2006 as jeff snyder has pointed out which is why i think you guys should listen to jeff snyder if you want to get a lot of knowledge and a lot of information what he mentioned what he pointed out was something very interesting 2006 december 2006 the euro dollar futures curve inverted predicting the global financial crisis of 2008 right and then the yield curve or not the yield curve but the euro dollar futures curve inverted again in one of the most important inversions in history 2018 late 2018 the euro dollar futures curve inverted while the fed was going out opening their mouth blabbing about how they're going to be tightening policy and how the economy is great everything is smooth sailing because they look at unemployment there's oh low unemployment the economy must be on fire and therefore because it's on fire we should be raising interest rates right and so the euro dollar futures curve is telling you uh-uh fed even if you look at the short end of the euro dollar futures curve it's been it's pricing in the fed that the fed will cut rates not raise rates while the fed was busy raising rates the euro dollar futures curve was telling us no 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 fed you are going to be cutting rates very soon right and it's not that the fed cutting rates is actually going to do something no that's not that's not what i'm saying but what i am saying is Interest rates, as I said before, interest rates are not determined by the Fed. It's determined by the market. And you can just look at a chart of, of the 10-year yield or any any yield and any bond maturity. And you can just see that the Fed has no control over yields, no control over the bond market. And even if you claim that they do have a control, have control over the bond market, just look at euro dollar futures. Can the euro dollar futures curve also be manipulated by the Fed? Of course not. The Fed is not buying euro dollar futures contracts. They're not buying those derivatives. I mean, the Fed is not buying euro dollar futures contracts. Yet the euro dollar futures curve itself is telling us exactly what the yield curve, the treasury yield curve is also telling us, which 
tells you, which, which basically you have to think in your head, which makes you think, huh, if the yield curve, if the treasury yield curve is telling us that there's going to be low growth and low inflation in the future, and the euro dollar futures curve is telling us the exact same thing, why would the Fed, how could the Fed be manipulating the treasury yield curve? You see, because if they're not manipulating the euro dollar futures curve and it's telling you the exact same thing that the yield curve, the tenure or the treasury yield curve is telling you, then how can the tenure or how can the treasury yield curve be manipulative? How can the Fed be manipulating it? Which you see, you, you just need to do your own research, your own analysis. You don't need to take some lazy approach to it and, and look at a textbook definition of quantitative easing and say, oh, quantitative easing lowers yields. That's, that's lazy. That's pure laziness. You need to do your own analysis and look at, just look at the yield. Just look at the chart of yields. Look at the ECB's asset purchases and look at German bond yields and tell me if the ECB is manipulating German bond yields. You can look at Italian bond yields and tell me if the ECB is manipulating Italian bond yields. You can just look at a chart. People say, oh, Italian bond yields are so low, right? And therefore, the ECB, right around the same time, the ECB is purchasing Italian bonds. Hmm, shouldn't the ECB be manipulating the Italian bond market? Of course not. They're not doing that. It just happens to be a coincidence. This goes back to correlation and causation. It's a classic example of correlation and causation, right? So it doesn't take you a minute to see that these claims of the Fed manipulating interest rates are just false. It's just complete BS. Inflation is a monetary phenomenon. The market is pricing in disinflation or deflation. So in other words, the market is pricing in the fact that the Fed is not printing money. There is no money printing going on. Even if you look at M2, I mean, M2 can go up 100%. I don't care. If the market says that there's no money, then that means M2 in itself is inaccurate. And Ryan Miller talks about this extensively in his, in his article. So you, you should check his article out. So think about that. So um, thank you guys for listening. And we will see you on the next episode.